0: This? And uh, Penn State over the course of the weekend. Friday night, game of the week, three hours of sports talk. If the baseball game's long, we'll play a little bit of that. We also have some trivia for you. Expand the trivia. Uh, You're ending on uh, that on Friday night. Baseball preview as well as we close in on opening day, a week away. Six days, in fact, from opening night. Phillies in action. And we didn't even get oh, I out. I we're out of time. We didn't even get into Calipari. That seems to be official now. Yeah. To Kentucky. $6 million. And I think that's a good move for Kentucky. If they were going to fire uh, Glassby, that's the one of the few yeah. names out there, I thought the right move for Kentucky. Yeah, like one of the three. I agree. Right. I agree. So that'll Child do it for us tonight. For Rushi and Jeremy, I'm Rob Good night from Ann Arbor.
1: They start out 7 nothing and never look back. Star Heels win for the hundredth time in their history in the NCAA tournament a record and now a record 18th Final Four coming up. 64 to 52, how about this? The Michigan State Spartans will represent the Big Ten Conference at the Final Four. With one misses the layup and the Yukon Huskies from the west to Detroit. Jim Calhoun's team takes aim at a third national title in 10 years. Reggie ready looking to inbound. 5.5 seconds to go. Tied up. Throws it in. Cunningham. Now
0: gets to Reynolds. Four seconds to go. Reynolds down the lane. Goes up at the buzzer. It's good. Scotty Reynolds hits it. But there is time remaining in this game. No, this but it's going to be under a second to go. Whitey. And the Cats it. take the lead. 78-76. you got to love it. Sam Young. Looks to inbound, half a second to go,
1: fields catch, three-pointer at the buzzer, it's no good, off the backboard, and the Cats are going to Motown! Let's when, well, welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley.
0: And I'm Jim Dwyer, following that stirring theme music. Well, I guess
1: the cats are going to be in town. The Huskies are going to be in town. The Spartans are going to be in town. Yeehaw, the final four in Detroit. A little bit of uh, some... Ah... Respite from the uh, rumbling earthquake that continues to be the American economy <laughs> thirty days half September, <laughs> April, June, and November seems that uh, Chrysler has thirty days and be honest with you, this fiat uh, concept just doesn 't work in my mind, so we 'll see what happens but uh, there 's obviously some serious structural problems that uh, are very problematic. I mean, General Motors' problems are unbelievable. I, I, I sort of summarized these for listeners out there. They've got a problem with bondholders, because I think General Motors has to be saved. I, 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 just, I, I believe this for economic reasons. I just don't think that the United States economy at the moment could uh, endure a problem like this without suffering a serious economic uh, decline. Uh, And, of course, the decline is going to continue regardless. But uh, GM's problems can be summarized in about five or six big problems, none of which have any real solutions uh, other than possibly bankruptcy, uh, which I also think would be a disaster for other reasons. But they have problems with bondholders, pension obligations, including health care responsibilities, uh, declining sales. Credit-worthy customers are scarce. Uh, credit is tight. Banks, as we know, are in uh, even bigger problems than uh, than the auto industry. They have too many brands. They are unable to sell, for instance, some uh, Hummer, Saab, and Saturn, uh, because there are just there's just too much overcapacity in the current environment. And when you see car sales down 40 percent, 38 percent month after month after month. You get an idea that there's going to have to be a complete rethinking of the entire auto industry uh, globally, and plus here in the United States.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's sad. It's it's sad, and it's uh, you got to just shake your head over it and go. It's not like there weren't signs, you know. There, there going weren't all signs. the way back to the 70s. Yeah. There were many signs. Every new political crisis, every new economic hiccup was an opportunity to examine the trends and the tendencies. And, you know, only critics on the left seem to have been interested in uh, putting forward more economically sound approaches to providing living wages for Americans, you know, who need to support their families with jobs here at home, whether they're in the manufacturer base or what have you, and products that were, you know, wise about energy usage. Uh, it's just... It's really tragic. It's tragic and one of the sad things is that you know, at least Ford and General
1: Motors have been at least over the last decade working on this problem and I think the, the you know, there there've been too many false starts. The hydrogen concept that even President Bush was extolling one day on television. Uh well that was probably a sign that it would never work. Yeah. Well, he was talking about hydrogen one week and then switchgrass the next. <laughs>
0: And, and that was the whole ethanol uh, fascination a uh, couple of summers ago. Probably had some expertise with that switchgrass uh, as they were
1: uh, concocting a torture policy in the uh, right. justice department that Switchgrass uh, switchgrass gr- switch Give him a good dose of switchgrass. <laughs> Give him a whoopin. Switchgrass
0: upside the ass.
1: That will be yeah. peace. And and by the way, the uh, Mark Danner um, article in the uh, April 9th edition of the New York Review of Books is, um, is frightening reading. Uh, it's just to go off on a brief tangent here about uh, Bush. And uh, there's now apparently an uh, official investigation into six American officials uh, involved in the in the torture policy, including uh, John Yoo, uh, David Addington, uh, William Haynes, And Addington, by the way, was uh, legal and chief of staff, legal advisor and chief of staff to Dick Cheney. Um, Addington and you, by the way, are at the heart of the origins of this uh, sort of usurping power of the executive in which if the president says it's okay, it's legal. For the
0: vice president to do. Yeah. Dick Cheney sort of invented a new branch of the government in this bizarre entirely extra constitutional maneuver to run a death squad yeah and out of his uh
1: by the way there's, there's a uh, an interview today on uh, fresh air with uh Terry Gross, uh, interviewing Cy Hirsch, that uh, you may
0: want to... His book is uh, out yet? or No, it's upcoming.
1: Okay. He talks a little bit about this uh, so-called death squad. Um, assassination office, I guess. Assassination really office, office that apparently were answerable to the vice president. Um, and he talks about, uh, the interview today actually talks about a so sort of a fundamental change uh, in the... Uh, Obama administration's approach to Syria, as it relates to the Middle East peace process, and huh. sort of connected to uh, one of the ideas related to stability in a future Iraq. Uh, we will see if Israel uh, goes into serious negotiations with uh, Syria, but I wouldn't count on it. Unlikely like with that.
0: the rightward trend of the uh, coalition government assembled by Netanyahu. Uh, I mean, the the fact that he even ended up as prime minister because they didn't have done a strict party level vote. And we never really got a chance to talk about this with other things going on. But the fact that he emerged as the prime minister, despite the fact that the Kadima party actually had a hand, maybe one or two more seats uh, than the Likud party. But with a uh, partnership with... uh, Lieberman, uh, Victor Lieberman's uh, ex- pretty far right wing, uh, Israel Betanyu uh, party. You know the Kadima just becomes a sort of a backseat uh, bystander to the uh, coalition government, despite having uh, outpolled both of those parties. So the coalition uh, system of government in uh, Israel's Knesset. Pretty much guarantees a a difficult run, given the best outcome, but uh, negotiations, highly unlikely.
1: Yeah, and uh, just to focus briefly on this Bush business and and some of the comments that Mark Danner writes about in the uh, New York Review of Books, it's very interesting that um, shortly after the events known as September 11th, uh, the American government created a, quote, hidden global internment network intended for secret detention and interrogation and set up by the CIA under authority granted directly by President George Bush in a, quote, memorandum of understanding on the 17th of September. The secret system included prisons on military bases around the world from Thailand and Afghanistan, which is odd because we had no presence in Afghanistan on that date, to Morocco, Poland, and Romania at various times, reportedly sites in eight countries in which at one time or another more than 100 prisoners disappeared. The secret internment network had, quote, consisted of black sites, had its own air force, and its own distinctive transfer procedures, which were, according to the writers of the International Committee of the Red Cross, uh, report, quote, fairly standardized in most cases. Uh, The article goes into some of the murky policies that George Bush developed under a concept of procedures. Actually, it was called the CIA was supposed to use a, quote, alternative set of procedures. These procedures were designed to be safe, to comply with our laws, our constitution, and our treaty obligations. The Department of Justice, and I'm quoting here from a Bush uh, press conference, reviewed the authorized uh, methods extensively and determined them to be lawful. I cannot describe the specific methods used. I think you understand why. (laughs) And then it goes into some of the alternative procedures that include things like uh, suffocation by water, prolonged stress standing, beatings. By use of a collar, beating and kicking, confinement in a box, prolonged nudity, sleep deprivation, and use of loud music, exposure to cold temperatures and cold water, prolonged use of handcuffs and shackles, threats, forcing uh, forced shavings, uh, deprivation, uh, restricted provision of solid food. Many of the prisoners uh, tortured, by the way, were apparently fed a vitamin drink called Ensure which
0: some sort of bowel cathartic now
1: led to that. And uh, yeah, this is just absolutely incredible stuff. And of course this is,
0: well, supposedly in the name of finding out the truth about who did this terrible thing to America. Yeah. But I mean, ultimately nothing of substance or use came from any of this.
1: Well, and one of the interesting things uh, early on, critics were questioning how good some of the, um, information that they were getting from Abu Zubidai's uh, torture sessions in which he gave tips about, quote, possible attacks on banks or financial institutions in the northeastern United States. When I read that, I thought to myself, wait, the banks in the northeastern United States were attacking America right. with, their, with their policies, their toxic asset Policies, their securitization of home loans, the mortgage mess, the uh, <laughs> generous loaning, the derivatives, the credit default swaps.
0: Um, Maybe he knew something we didn't.
1: <laughs> After other all, way, <laughs> other way around, right. And, of course, Bush highlighted that there would be a tax on supermarkets and shopping malls. So, you know, you get right to the heart of the American
0: nerves. Talk about consumer confidence. Yeah, there you go. And, and actually, that's incredibly bizarre because... Yeah. One of the thing that had sort of, you know, commentators and pundits somewhat confused in the early goings was the statement from Bush that, well, you know, the best thing we can do is to just keep on doing your normal everyday thing. You know, a lot of people expected, are we going to go into like World War Two era rationing, you know, if we're going to have a war uh, in this region? Uh, but no shop as usual was basically the uh, suggestion offered by uh decider W and uh, and yes there there may have been well in fact there are occasionally attacks on shopping centers and supermarkets and they're perpetrated by individuals with easy access to guns who've mm-hmm. snapped and either have psychological problems or drug problems or something uh, just recently over the weekend another you know bizarre episode where a guy walked through and shot a bunch of people in an old folks home Yeah, I mean, it's surprising that Zubadaya didn't mention nursing homes as
1: (laughs) a possible target by al-Qaeda. I mean, you know, this is kind of amazing, but it was reported by ABC after Zubadaya was uh, detained, quote-unquote, that uh, CIA officers briefed high-level officials in the National Security Council— Principals, including Dick Cheney, Condoleezza Rice, and John Ashcroft, who then, quote, signed off on the interrogation program. At the time, in the spring and the summer of 2002, the administration was devising what some referred to as a, quote, golden shield from the Justice Department, the legal rationale that was to be embodied in the infamous torture memo written by John Yu and signed by Jay Bybee, in August of 2002, and by the way, those are two of the officials that the uh, Spanish court apparently is uh, specifically naming as part yeah. of their investigation, um, which claimed to be a uh, alternative procedure to be considered torture and thus illegal. It would have to cause pain of the sort that would be associated with serious physical injury so severe that death or organ failure or permanent damage resulting in loss of significant body function will likely result. The golden shield presumably would protect the CIA from prosecution. Director uh, George Tenet regularly brought uh, directly to the attention of the highest officials of the government specific procedures to be used on specific detainees and, quote, whether they would be slapped, pushed, deprived of sleep, or simulated, uh, subjected to simulated drowning in order to seek a reassurance that they were legal. According to the ABC report, the briefings of principals were so detailed and frequent that, quote, some of the interrogation sessions were almost choreographed. At one meeting, John Ashcroft, then attorney general, reportedly demanded of his colleagues, why are we talking about this in the White House? History will not judge us kindly. (laughs) This is the
0: rational man of the group. (laughs) And you know what's bizarre, too, is that when you picture the scenario of them sitting around talking about all of this, It starts to sound like staged, indeed, like somebody's getting together to make some sort of pornographic S&M film. Yeah. You know, it it starts to take on that bizarre, twisted, (laughs) Gee, Uh, you know, why not just hire a legion of (laughs) dominatrices to inflict
1: the punishment? Or, you know, brush up on the collected writings of Marquis de Sade. (laughs) Right. President Bush, by the way, repeatedly lied to the public about all of this. For instance, at Sea Island in Georgia during the 2004 campaign, he was quoted as saying, look, I'm going to say it one more time. Maybe I can be more clear. The instructions went out to our people to adhere to the law. That ought to comfort you. We're a nation of law. We adhere to laws. We have laws on the books. You might look at these laws... And that might provide comfort for you. <laughs> you. You might look at these laws. We choose not to. <laughs> Unbelievable. But uh, not surprising. I, uh, pff, what a, what a, cr- a crazy uh, situation, to say the least. And a disgrace. Uh, and a continuing investigation. So we will see what happens. But, uh, yeah, the uh, torture sessions, as described in the Mark Danner article, are (laughs) rather um, disheartening. And
0: uh, uh, I
1: think that, uh, you know, the truth needs to be told.
0: Uh, Well, you know, one can only hope that the uh, political will uh, will appear in uh, Washington to see through at least an investigation of Cheney's... uh, assassination office although the entire rendering process is uh an embarrassment and uh a fruitless uh, ruining of the country's, re- country's reputation
1: and by the way over the over the week this is just such a weird item that i figured i'd read it as it's related to uh w and the torture policy this uh according to john burns of the new york times uh, that appeared in uh, the 25th edition of the New York Times. John Burns, by the way, uh, was the Iraq, um, the senior Iraqi journalist for many, many years, and he's now uh, working in London as the uh, London Times uh, Bureau chief. This from Ireland it says The police in Dublin said Tuesday that they were investigating who was responsible for hanging unsigned oil paintings of Prime Minister B- Brian Cowan. In two of the city's art galleries that depicted him naked. (laughs) In one, he was shown holding a pair of blue underpants, strategically at midriff, and in the other, he was seated on a toilet. (laughs) They were on display only briefly before being taken down, according to gallery spokesman. Maybe uh, Bush's secret... Uh, portraits scattered around America can show him
0: (laughs) nude. Well, the guy has no clue. He has no shame. Uh, He probably wouldn't know. Pants? Pants? I'm supposed to wear pants? Well, uh, I have to confess that uh, with the film festival in town last week, I didn't do a whole lot of research, but I spent an awful lot of time watching films. Yeah. And i No, you were there for uh, lots and lots of it too, and I've just on a sort of a cultural note uh, to kind of pat the area community on the back, and specifically uh, sort of identify a couple of longtime WCBM people who really do deserve some plaudits for their uh, involvement in the Ann Arbor Film Festival, Uh, and that would be Tom Bray, and of course a couple of longtime uh, DJs uh, Frank Uli and Dan Moray involved at the Michigan Theater. Yeah, they operate the cameras. Indeed, the projectionists. Mm -hmm. uh, Tom Bray is the sound uh, technical guy uh, extraordinaire. And, of course, uh, Ed Special did some of the finest music uh, this year that uh, he's ever assembled for the uh, video presentation at the end, the uh, little animation station stop-motion camera that was set up all week in the lobby of the Michigan Theater. Uh, Fascinating to watch people create and doodle and make an actual movie uh, that uh, Ed scored in a delightful fashion. So uh, just a wonderful festival this year. And I have to say that last year I was kind of underwhelmed with a couple of the prize winners. But based on what I saw at the two award screenings last night, although there were other films that I would have liked to see get an award or some acknowledgement, I didn't dislike anything that won. Mm -hmm.
1: I thought it was a pretty good program both of them
0: and in fact one film in particular well a couple i'd like to mention but uh based on something you said at the beginning of the program starting with the comment about the final four coming to detroit and uh that's good for the economy uh of course when the super bowl uh, came to detroit in 2006 it was kind of weird how that all played out and i'd like to tell listeners a little bit about a film that won for the best um, Film to come out of Michigan, uh, a 25-minute documentary called A City to Yourself by a Detroiter named Nicole McDonald that I thought did a really nice job of both explaining a little bit of the story why Detroit's the way it is and just some fascinating photography of what one of the people spoken to in the film characterized as urban-rural, the sort of decay of Detroit and uh, which, of course, many listeners are familiar with mm-hmm. the, the, what the the city looks like. But this film, I thought, did a really nice job of sort of positioning Detroit in the context of what's happened to our country and what's happening to, you know, the infrastructure of the country in general. But uh, the idea that New Orleans was devastated by a Category 5 uh, Hurricane Katrina, and that Detroit's been kind of slowly hammered by a Category 1 storm that's been going for like 40-plus years.
1: Yeah, and and I mean, at the heart, obviously Detroit has a complicated background, but like New Orleans, which has to exist, it has to exist because it's at the end of the Mississippi River. Something has to be done. Now, whether the Ninth Ward should be completely rebuilt or how you rearrange or come up with a comprehensively rational plan to rebuild New Orleans. Detroit is a key gateway to Canada, and people in America seem to forget that Canada is our number one
0: trading partner. Detroit has to exist because it's there. Right, and all the shipping that goes through. There's a lot of uh, freight in and out through the Great Lakes uh, of all sorts of uh, kinds. And so, uh, yeah, it's... uh a city that needs to be there, and you want to see it endure. It's got a great cultural legacy. We all know that. But uh, uh, such a strangely beautiful city in decay, too. I mean, the architecture there uh, just nicely captured uh, in this film. So I don't know if that's going to be... I suppose it has a pretty strong likelihood of getting on a uh, 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 public broadcasting television in Detroit.
1: Well, let's hope so, um, because I think we need to... Reassess. Uh, America, I like to think at the moment, is sort of enduring a kind of rumbling earthquake. We don't exactly know what's going to fall from the skies next, but the ground is definitely quaking, continues to quake. And um, I think that, you know, this this sort of vivid wake-up call that we once again got today, that, you know, Chrysler's got 30 days, General Motors has 60 days, um, You know, this is reality. I, my own analysis is that Chrysler is toast. I, Fiat is just not. I mean, I love Italian food. I love Italian directors, Italian movies, <laughs> women, wine. But the Italians, as far as, like, being masters of manufacturing, I mean, this is one of the jokes about Lee Harvey Oswald and the Maliker Concarno. You know, he selects the worst rifle in the world, to off the most three precision shots shooting feet of all time <laughs> um, but uh, that's another story um, I just you know fiat the idea that somehow fiat is going to be able to build fuel efficient cars in a partnership with Chrysler here in the United States that will be on the market sometime next year it's just not plausible. That it's, seems like an idea that might have flown 12 years ago. I mean, it, you just can't do this in this current environment. This gets back to you know the units uh, concept. The problem that the big three have had is they've operated in, under a premise that the uh, American uh, economy can buy 15 to f- 18 million units every year. This isn't happening. This is now down in the 9 to 11 million range, and we're including like light, light trucks here. So there's just a completely different working model that we're talking about here, a completely different scale of economy. I think General Motors has to be saved uh, for economic reasons, but also nationalistic, patriotic reasons. This is, uh, you know, people in America, I am really annoyed by listening to these morons around the country that just say, let Detroit fail, let the big three fail. Uh, this makes no sense to me. I see a more plausible scenario of having a successful big two rather than the good, the bad, and the ugly sort of yeah. <laughs> determining who's going to win in the shootout and who's got the uh, the loaded gun and who's, who's got the shovel <laughs> going to dig. <laughs> I dare say that <clears throat> Chrysler will be digging. Um, so. Uh, I do want to see a plausible plan. I think that Obama does understand that General Motors simply cannot be allowed to fail. If they're going to pump $170 billion into AIG, that makes nothing. Right. These are people that push paper around and push bets and whatever you want to call them. We're bailing these knuckleheads out for obvious reasons to me. You can't allow the fundamental manufacturing base of the United States to be turned over to the Germans and the Japanese, Um, because I don't think the Italians are going to make it either. (laughs) I do think that the Koreans are on the up. I think that it's promising, for instance, that India is building a little tiny car Mm -hmm. that will retail for $2,000. Now, I don't see the Indian cars coming onto the American market anytime soon. Um, but we, these companies have actually been doing the right thing and thinking in the right direction, um, at least at the, at the conceptual design, at the engineering right. design. The problem with them is they've gotten the politics all bollocked up, to use a British phrase. Um, they were worried about CAFE standards in 2000 and were supporting George Bush rather than Al Gore. A big mistake. But GM and Ford did not invade Iraq. (laughs) GM and Ford did not create this credit default Wall Street uh, creative accounting nonsense that's bringing the American economy to its knees. And I think it's encouraging that we're seeing some uh, emerging powers like China and India standing up and saying, hey, wait a minute, this American-British capitalistic model is no longer workable, no longer viable. There need to be changes.
0: Well, and as you say, with the ground rumbling, I think people, and in part, the election of Barack Obama to president is proof that there's enough of an idea that we need to change stuff. And maybe if the rumblings continue, there can be pressure not just to have a superficial change of parties in the chief executive's office or... The fact that this, he's the first African-American president, to, you know, okay, we've moved past that. Uh, let's have some real substantive, systematic change. Uh, as you say, change of the way the economy is approached. And, and, and for instance, health care is a serious, fundamental structural problem that the American
1: car companies have to deal with. Right. And, Get and this Fixable. This, you know, this is part of the bigger vision that Obama has that can provide some temporary relief for these companies
0: uh, that will make... work. We've had corporate socialism for the uh, military uh, industrial complex for decades. Why not apply that concept to other areas of, you know, wise energy use and uh, medical health care for everybody, education, et cetera? It's doable. It's doable. Uh, By the way, you
1: are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor, and uh, Yazoo City Calling will be coming up momentarily, I guess, right here on this fine station. We have a report that Jerry is in the house. Thanks to Andrew for engineering. So without any further references to the good, the bad, and the ugly, we turn the reins over to Yazoo City Calling. We rolling, Ren.